Thank you, Trevor. You've been hosting us so well today. Today we are continuing and we are completing chapter 1 in Luke. And I want to speak to you today about waiting and worshipping, the two that almost seem um, juxtaposed concepts, waiting for God and then worshipping God. And we're going to look at Zechariah and Elizabeth's response to nine months of muteness, waiting um, before you could say a word, and then their response to God in worship. Um, I'm not sure what kind of waiter you are, not waiter as in a bringer of drinks or eats in a restaurant, but a waiter. Um, I'm a terrible, terrible waiter. If um, Claire teases me that for 365 days of the year between birthdays, I'm, d I'm terrible at waiting for my next birthday. Um, when it comes to fun and light and gifts and things, I, I, get, I get almost agitated and I'm like a little kid in a candy store. Um, but I've also realized that for me, when it comes to the bigger things in life, um, I tend to trust a lot more and I'm okay with waiting. I'm not a terrible waiter. Um, as we're in lockdown, still in South Africa, um, after two months, and the future certainly doesn't look like everything's going to be back to um, normal in a hurry, um, I feel it's important for us to ready our hearts for a season of waiting on God um, and to look at what God is doing in our hearts and also how we respond. Um, and I'm sure many of us have had um, fantastic days. We've loved this season, but there's also been tough days. Um, waiting is not an easy thing for us. Um, we're on Wi-Fi, then Wi-Fi is not good enough, then we want fiber, and then fiber is not fast enough. We, we just want everything in a hurry. And it's difficult, especially if we're waiting for significant things like healing. If God, if there's an injury or there's something in our lives that's not healed, um, and, we, and it seems to take God long to heal or to come through for us, we struggle to wait for those kind of things, and waiting becomes hard for, for us. Um, waiting for relationships to mend, and that we've invested much in waiting for um, the, the COVID future, what that looks like, what does our finances look like, like what does our businesses look like, what do our families look like, our schooling, our careers. There's just so much up for grabs and for not one second today do I want to speak to us in any way to insinuate or think that waiting is easy. But I do want to bring hope. I do want to bring godly biblical perspective and we're going to look at um, what God is doing in us in this season in waiting that God is purposefully allowing this season we're going to see in scripture that that God God is okay with waiting that God is fine with us going through seasons of waiting and but he, he is busy in those seasons of waiting just because we're waiting just because we're in in in, in a season of 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 um flux or or, or or stagnating in some ways. We're never standing still spiritually. God is continuously, faithfully, the Holy Spirit working in us. And whether you are having a great day or you're having a, a really low time at the moment, I want to encourage you this morning and hopefully we can look at scripture and see how God encourages us. And, and we're going to see that in the story of Luke in chapter 1 as it ends that Zechariah goes from a season of being mute for nine months, not saying a word, not able to convey praise or grumbles to God, nothing, not a word. And then um, John, his son, is born. And the first thing we hear is Elizabeth and her friends rejoicing at the birth of this boy. God's promised son is healthy. He's born. They name him John. And then we have Zechariah. And without giving the plot away in the beginning, Zechariah's response to God is to bless God. Wow. Now, I'm not sure what my response would be. or what. Imagine someone takes your voice or your, your speaking ability away for nine months. How many of us in this room... Would the first thing coming out of our mouths would be praise and blessing towards God. Amazing Zachariah, this incredible, incredible guy and family. 
And we're going to look at this, and it's not straightforward. And there's some two beautiful quotes um, that I'd like to read for us this morning. Um, the one is from Spurgeon. Spurgeon speaks of um, awaiting God and awaiting people. In his, in his relationship with, with people, Spurgeon speaks of a, a God that is patient with us and a people that, that has to wait on God and, and humble themselves before this God. Um, Nicky Gumbel, um, the alpha guy that many of you would know, speaks of waiting. He says, Abraham waited for 25 years. Joseph waited for 13 years. Moses waited for 25 years. Jesus waited for 30 years before he began his ministry. If God is making you wait, you're in good and great company. Zachariah, Zachariah waited nine months before he can speak. And we in the season of waiting, we're in great company. God is busy doing something. And we're going to discover through Scripture what He's doing in us. So let's turn, if you want in your Bibles, to, to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 57 to the end. Luke 1, 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But the mother said, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made a sign to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered, and immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosened, and he spoke blessings to God. And fear came on all the neighbors, and all these things were, were talked about through all the hill city and country in Judea. And all who heard them laid them in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord is with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. For he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of the servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us, that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before, all, before him all of our days. And you, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord and prepare his way, to give knowledge and salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sons, because of the tender mercies of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from, the, from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into a way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance of Israel. This is God's word. What a beautiful passage that we've just read. Um, I read this and I thought, wow, I would love to be the kind of guy that that God would make a promise to, would mute me for nine months and I would come out worshipping God, blessing Him like Zachariah and Elizabeth did. I'm sure we all desire that. So, waiting seasons are never lost. God is, God is a waiting God, but He's not a, a silent God. He's not a quiet God. He's, not, he's not, not moving. He's full of action. He's busy 
even in these seasons of hurry. Um, a great scripture in Isaiah 30 that I'd like to read for us this morning, that is, it's almost like it's meant for this passage. And Isaiah speaks of this, he says, And therefore the Lord will wait, so that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted, and so that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is God of judgment. Blessed are those who wait for him. Isaiah 30 verse 18. What a beautiful scripture. The Lord waits and it ends with blessed are those who wait for him. God is always active, never in a hurry, never in a rush. Um, and we have to believe that. So five things this morning that I want to point us to, to what God could be possibly doing in your heart, in my heart, in the season of waiting, of of, of, of not being able to predict our future, um, relying heavily, feeling helpless in many, many ways. So five things that I believe God could, that would be helpful and encouraging to us this morning. To the first thing that we, that we see God doing here is it speaks about um, that waiting, He's drawing our attention to His sovereignty. Sovereignty is a, 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 a theological, but also a, a very old English word, but it means that he, he rules over all, that He is in charge over all, that He is in control over all. And long seasons or seasons of waiting certainly reminds us that we are not as in charge as we thought we were. Certainly most of us right now feel feel out of charge um, in the sense of we are we are not in control we're out of control of our own futures and destinies and and seasons of waiting like this and especially helpless waiting where where we feel helpless to be to change our own future reminds us quietly and over time that we are not as great as we thought we were that there's a greater God that there is a God and the scripture in Isaiah is very interesting because it starts with the word therefore the Lord waits Therefore, the Lord waits. And therefore, doesn't qualify itself. It simply says the Lord waits. The Lord is in charge. He, he rules over all. And He has decided to, to wait, to take His time, to allow time to pass and for processes to take place. I mean, that's really, really humbling because God doesn't owe an explanation to you or to me in what He is doing. He is faithful to His character. So we, we the, the beauty of knowing God and our hoping in knowing who He is is that we know the character of God, but we don't always understand the hand of God. And so when we don't see, understand the hand of God or the slowness of God, we lean into, we kind of hide in, in, in God's character. We say, no, you, you're a loving, merciful, gracious God. And even in this passage in Isaiah, it is quick to remind us that He's just, that He's merciful, that He's kind to us, and that it's a blessed thing for us to wait. So the first thing that this season teaches us is that God is sovereign, that He is large and in charge, that He is still in control. Even though we don't um, feel that we are or the world doesn't look like it is or know how to be in control, certainly He is in control. And so the one thing we take away from this season of waiting is, God, You are sovereign. You are, you are, you are Lord over all. You are King over all. The second thing we take away in seasons of waiting is He's nudging us towards finding our security in Him and Him alone. Waiting exposes our over-reliance and dependence on other things, on, on our jobs, on our marital statuses, on our relationships, on our, our health, our, our future, our future planning, our investments. Um, what this season certainly has done is it's, it's, it's drawn a big question mark over things that we took for granted, things that we relied upon. I mean, certainly waiting, what it does is it, it draws our attention saying, only God can we trust. It nudges us towards finding our security 
in Him. So He's sovereign and we can find our security. We can trust God and God alone. We can't trust our jobs. We can't trust um, systems. We can't even trust our own health. Um, we're living in a, in a culture, in a, in a time right now of incredible mistrust. We don't trust, we don't know which, which report to believe, we don't know which newspaper to read, we don't know which politician to believe, we don't know which expert to believe. Um, there are egos at play, people are all jockeying for their own agendas, but there's only one agenda and the, the, the love and the mercy of God that we can trust. So we find our security and we, 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 it almost exposes our false gods. This season has exposed things that we need to be happy. Um, we, we thought we needed this to find our joy. And actually, no, we need Christ to find our joy. Um, I am missing our gatherings. I, I miss the, the people. Um, um, I, and I have suffered in this time, if I'm honest. Um, and I've had to speak to my own heart. And, and the beauty of this time is I found that I've needed people and gatherings more than I've maybe needed Christ and who He is. And in those moments where I found myself lamenting and mourning, which is not a bad or an evil thing, but I've also been reminded I can find my joy in Christ, that, that even if I can't gather with our people and my people and, and the people that we love so much, we can still find that joy in our gathering with Christ when we, when we read Scripture, when we pray, when we worship. So the second thing is, the first thing is sovereignty. Then we find our security in Him. And then He's busy sanctifying us. I've stayed with S's. Then he's busy sanctifying, he's cleansing us, he's bringing stuff to the surface in seasons of waiting that in busy seasons where we didn't have a time to pause and wait, maybe would never be exposed. And so waiting has a purifying effect on us. This, this just time, just um, ref, reflecting, some of our characteristics will come to the fore in these seasons of waiting that would never have come to the fore and never have been addressed and never been able to come to God with him. And sanctification is... The beauty of the gospel and sanctification is that you and I, when, when these things are exposed, when our sins are exposed, when our, our lack of faith is exposed, when, when our trust in other things are exposed, when our grumpinesses are exposed, the beauty of the gospel is we take that to Jesus. We get to take and say, Jesus, this is in my heart. I didn't know it was there. It was lurking in my heart. Would you help me? Would you, would you, Lord, I confess this is who I am. Lord, I confess my faith is not only in you. Lord, I confess that my joy is not all in you. Lord, my security is not in you. It's in, in my job, it's in my family, it's in my status, it's in my health. And then we go to God with these things and His mercy and His grace comes and He forgives us. I've had the most beautiful moments in lockdown, just me and Jesus, me, me honor coming to grips and being exposed in some ways to, to attitudes and grumpinesses in His heart and that, that maybe would have gone under the radar for, for years to come. And having moments where I say, Jesus, this is what I'm struggling with, would you help me? And then being the recipient of incredible grace and forgiveness. See, the beauty of the, the gospel is it doesn't leave us confessing and, and beating ourselves up. No, it comes with grace. It comes with mercy. It comes. So if you're in a place where, where God has been exposing things or sin in your lives, I'm going to say to you, just bring it to Him and receive the grace of God. Receive the joy and the sonship of God, the securing love of the Father. And fourthly, He is showing mercy to us. Waiting is a, is a sign of God's mercy towards us. Waiting leads us to His mercy. If we, read that, if we read that scripture in Isaiah again, He is merciful to us. He desires to be merciful towards us. God is not in a hurry to punish you. God is not in a hurry to, 
to let us have what we deserve. No, He moves to us slowly and He moves to us in mercy. mercy. He's not quick to judge. He's not quick to, to, to be heavy-handed on us. No, it says He's slow to anger. He waits on us. He, he waits for us to even change. He's, he's being patient at the moment with you and I. Hasn't God been so patient with you and I during this time? I know for me, the, the, the prayer I most often I think pray to God is, Lord, thank you for being so patient with honor. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for allowing mercy instead of judgment. Thank you for allowing grace instead of, of throwing the book at me, Jesus. Thank you for your love towards me and your grace and your mercy towards me. So seasons of waiting are also seasons of us receiving the mercy and the grace of God. It is coming. It follows us. It, it, it moves towards us. And then lastly, it reminds us that God is slow to anger. Waiting leads to an, an ex, exceptional patience of God. We are reminded in seasons of wait that God is not in a hurry, that no one hurries God, that God will fulfill His purposes and plan on this planet and on our lives, in our lives and through our lives, that God will continue and God is patiently moving towards His big plan for this planet to redeem us towards His Son Jesus, to, for His kingdom to come, for His kingdom to reign. He has not stopped moving. He is patient. He's not like you and I. I remember um, in my early days, and I, I, if I confess, even my latter days of my marriage with Claire, Claire's dad is an incredible handyman, and he's an, an exceptional handyman. And he can build and build and make anything that he desires. Literally, he's a genius when it comes to, to making and figuring things out. And I remember in the beginning of our marriage, we used to go to the farm for weekends and we had a little project and I would want to do and finish the project literally within half an hour. Finish it, paint it, sand it, done it. And then the one year we went for a long winter holiday and we decided to make a dining room table. And this dining room table, we were going to take wood from the farm so it had significance to clear um, and beams from an old farmhouse that's a few hundred years old. And we started this process of building and sanding, etc. It took us more than a week just to sand the top of the table, just to sand it. Now, Arno would normally get in there and within half an hour, sand it, polish it, wax it and go, yay, we've got a dining room table. And Claire's dad slowed me down, slowed me down and explained to me the value of just layering and layering and slowly sanding and patiently building towards the end product. Now we have a stunning, beautiful dining room. It is as smooth as a baby's bottom. Um, it is stunning when people walk in, it's an eye-catcher. And the reason it's beautiful and the reason it's, it's so, so, um, such an eye-catching item at the moment is because of the time it took to build and put together. And God is doing something beautiful in you. My friends, during this time, I want to encourage you, Jesus has not stopped working in you. God is faithfully working and showing mercy towards you. God is patiently walking with you. Maybe you, you've prayed the same prayer too many times. You're going, God, I'm sure you're over me. God, I'm, I'm sure you, your mercy's run out. Sure your patience has run out. I'm going to say to you, God's patience does not run out on you. So those are the five things that God could be doing. And I'm sure he's doing a bit of each one of these. Maybe there's one of those things that stand out for you. Certainly for me, many of these stand out for me. But God is leading us and reminding us of his patience with us. Now we're going to transition into worship. And we're going to read together again, just Luke 51, verse 57 58 together, so that we can just remind ourselves of their beautiful response. Now we get to respond. This waiting God and His waiting people, now we're going to bless Him and now we're going to worship Him. Let's read together. Luke 1, 57-58. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. 
and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. This beautiful scripture speaks of the rejoicing of God, and there's a singing and a, and a, and a blessedness. Um, Isaiah 30, the, the, the scripture we read earlier, says, Blessed are those who wait on God. I've asked a few friends in our church to share their moments when they enjoy singing most. Let's, let's quickly watch and catch up with these guys, and we'll get back to the sermon in a second. I love worshipping God when I'm running, so I put my earphones on and I sing like crazy, especially when I get to the beach and no one's around, then I shout to the waves. I also love worshipping God in the sea, but we haven't been able to do that during lockdown. I like worshipping while I'm watching the Hillsong videos on the TV. My best times of listening to worship music is definitely in my car, when I pump up the volume and sing, um, sing along with the truths of um, God's words, so yeah, love, love singing in my car. So yes, for me, I like singing when I'm working alone in the garden, just doing physical work outside. That's my time for singing. I like to, um, I like to sing outside because it's quiet. In quarantine, um, I like singing my praise and worship songs. I pop on my earphones and I sing in the kitchen when I'm washing dishes. Oh, when I'm preparing supper. You sing when I don't like to sing at all. I'm pretty much with Judah. I also don't really like to sing much unless I'm alone because nobody likes to hear my voice. Uh, it's not the best sounding voice in the world. So whenever I'm away from people. I love it when my siblings stop singing. But really, I like singing in the shower and beatboxing as well. I like worshipping when I'm drying myself, when I get out the shower. Hi, I miss my church really, very much because I can sing in the crowd where I don't have to hear myself. Thanks, guys. That was so cute. Thank you, kids, even for those boys that aren't quite the singers, but but you participated in the videos. We really appreciate just seeing familiar faces again. Look at the language that Luke is writing and the writer in Isaiah, Isaiah is using. This rejoicing blessedness that we can move from waiting to worship. That we waiting does not have to be seasoned with dread, with, dread, with, with a morbidness. But there's a hope in that seasons are waiting that causes us to worship God. That we still rejoice God in this time. And I want to encourage us as a congregation on Sunday mornings when we gather and we've got worship songs Turn up the TVs, turn up the, the radios, turn up your iPhones um, and worship God. Take time just to worship and express our worship to God. So five reasons why we, why we should worship God, even in a season of, of waiting for Him. First reason, because God is showing mercy towards us. We, we, when, when we are receiving mercy, when we are receiving what we don't deserve, when we, not, when we don't receive what we do deserve, is called mercy. And when God is not judging, when God is not pouring His wrath on us, and He shares grace and mercy towards us, it is reason for us to worship. It is reason for us to, to, to lift our voices and bless Him and honor Him and, um, and rejoice in Him. 
Abraham, and after thousands and thousands of years, this is Zechariah worshiping God, saying, God, you are faithful. You are showing mercy towards us, and we are going to sing. We are going to bless you. They've taken their focus off their condition. They've taken the focus off of their loss, of what they can't have, what they don't have, what they, that they can't see right now, and they've placed their eyes and their focus on what God has done, what He has provided, and He has provided mercy towards us. So we rejoice because God is showing mercy towards us right now, today, this morning, as we gather. Secondly, our deliverer is coming. Our deliverer is coming. Jesus is coming. This is a fulfillment of promise. This is Jesus. The prophets have foretold that Jesus is coming. John is being born. He is born. His name John. This is all leading up. Our deliverer is coming. We are we are stuck in lockdown. We are we, we can't see a way out. The statistics, the, the, the analytical um, um, figures that are thrown and bombed towards us is scary. But there's a deliverer coming. Jesus is coming. He came on the cross. He delivered. He paid the price. But for us as Christ followers, Jesus is returning. There's a, there's a day coming when Jesus will call us all home. This is not our home. This is not our eternity. This is temporary. And Jesus is coming. Our deliverer is coming. He is on his way. And Zechariah and, 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 and Elizabeth and their friends were rejoicing because Jesus, their deliverer, this is the sign. This is the sign. Jesus is coming. Folk, Jesus is coming back for his church, for his loved ones, for his bride. He is coming back for us. He has not left us here without a plan, without any idea of what's going to happen. Thirdly, salvation is here. Our salvation is at hand. I want to say to you, if you're not a Christ follower this morning and you're struggling with this, salvation is right here. It is right. Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. It is, it is available to us. You see, salvation was not available to us before Christ. We had to work through laws and we never ever satisfied God. But because of Christ, salvation is at hand. Salvation is accessible. We can be saved in this. Not just saved from COVID-19. No, we can get saved from ourselves, from our, our sinful desires, from our rebellion to Christ. Salvation is here for us. Wow, we, we should rejoice. That should be a lone reason for us to sing and worship and bless and rejoice God. Fourthly, grace causes us to sing. Grace causes us to sing. The beauty and the grace of God should cause us to sing. Listen to, to verse um, 68 and 69. Blessed be the Lord of Israel, for he has visited the redeemed on his people, and he's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of the sin. A horn of salvation. Every rescued believer reacts that way to God's saving grace. Every rescued believer responds in, to, in worship towards God's grace. If God has saved you, your heart should not, it cannot it cannot not worship God. It cannot not rejoice in this amazing God. Lord, you've given me a son. This God, look at what you've provided for us. You have, you have blessed us. You have, you, you have, you've poured mercy and grace towards us. And lastly, we sing as a witness. Mary, oh, sorry, Elizabeth and her friends. They sang this. Their neighbors were listening to them. And what were their neighbors hearing? Elizabeth and Zechariah blessing and rejoicing in God. You see, we thank God for this. We thank God for, for every provision, for our physical needs, for our day. Every day that we breathe, we, we thank God, we worship Him. And when we worship and we sing of God's worship of God's goodness, when we when we bless God, when, when we do well and we point towards Him as the source of, of those things, we are blessing Him, we are rejoicing in Him, and our neighbors get to see. See, see, friends, if you're a Christ follower right now, 
The world, your friends that don't know Jesus are watching us. They're watching how we're waiting. They're watching our attitudes. And, and I want to challenge you. Are they hearing your faith? Are they hearing you rejoicing in this God? Are, are they hearing God's mercy and grace and provision for you? Are they hearing you bless God? Or are they hearing exactly what they're going through? Are they hearing hopelessness? Are they hearing the, 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 the no faith prayer or, or grumbling? Are they hearing the conspiracy theories? Are they hearing the, 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 the fear? Or are they hearing you rejoice and trust God? I want to say how we as believers walk through seasons of waiting is an incredible witness to our cities and to our friends and to our families. Fathers in households, I want to challenge you this morning. Dads, lead your families in worshipping and rejoicing and, 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 and reminding them of God's mercy and grace and provision for your family. Um, I love the picture of the, I often use this, of the, when, the, when the Jews used to um, go through famine or hard times and the father used to take a slice of bread and slice up, divide it to the family and they always used to leave the corner of the bread as an extra. And after everybody shared the slice of bread out in the family, um, and the, the father would pick up the little corner of bread and, and he would say to his, his family, look, God has given us more than we needed, more than enough. God is always a God of more than enough. We wait. God is busy in this season. I want to say to you, God is busy working in you and drawing you closer to him and shaping Christ's um, likeness in you. He's doing that as we wait. And we can rejoice. Not a false, weird um, psyched up rejoicing. No, the stuff that we rejoice, the, the foundation of our rejoicing is God's mercy, mercy towards us, His grace towards us, that uh, our deliverer is coming. He has saved us and our friends are watching. There's enough reason for us to rejoice. So I want to say to you, would you rejoice? Would you, would you, would you, would you wait well? Would you see God's hand in the season of waiting? And I'm trusting that God's Spirit would give you the faith and the ability to rejoice in the season too. We love you, we wait with you, and we rejoice with you this morning in Jesus' name. Have a fantastic week. Clip was going to say goodbye for us.